welcome to a podcast series by Leaders Edge called Falling Into It. This is a podcast where young professionals share their stories and thoughts on the insurance industry as they continue to grow their careers. My name is Zach Ewell, and I'm a content producer here at the Council of Insurance Agents and Brokers and a contributing writer to Leaders Edge magazine. My guest today is Mara Blagojevich, a 29-year-old senior marine risk consultant at Allianz. Blagojevich attended the United States Merchant Marine Academy in Kings Point, New York, where she later served in the United States Coast Guard early on in her career. She shares how serving during Hurricane Harvey became one of the most monumentous challenges of her career, what it was like changing careers and working in insurance, and the most topical risk trends she foresees impacting shipping for the next decade. Give it a listen. Mara, thank you for joining me. Thank you. So happy to be here, Zach. Yeah, absolutely. So we're just going to jump right into it. I understand you are a senior marine risk consultant at Allianz. Uh, Can you tell me what that's like? Absolutely. So um, I will say a lot goes into the day-to-day workload, and every day is is different as a senior marine risk consultant. Um, My expertise is, you know, used to provide detailed risk evaluations to support not only our underwriting staff, but um, our clients. And that includes a multitude of, of different things, whether it's you know, reviewing claim history, packing and shipping procedures. Um, we coordinate vessel inspections, uh, warehouse storage risks, um, loading, storage, shipment discharge, uh, terminal and port operations. Like I said, there's a there's a lot that that goes into it, and I'd say that that's probably just the tip of the iceberg. Um, <laughs> because even with that, <laughs> there's a lot that that goes into that um, workload wise, and every situation is different. You know, it, it really keeps me on, on my toes. And um, as much of an industry expert that I might be, um, I can easily say that I learn something new almost um, every day. You know, um, I have an amazing opportunity to work with a worldwide network of industry experts. And at Allianz, we have a very large global team, almost um, every region of the world. So, you know, we're routinely working with our, with our global team. Um, especially with like um, all the technological advancements, you know, the industry is ever changing. And um, part of being a risk consultant includes keeping up with those advancements um, in order to be able to provide that best loss control feedback. So with, with so much, essentially, you have to juggle. Um, you know, you just talked about like all these different um, areas of business and uh, risk. Um, how do you stay organized? That's such a that's such a great question um, because I don't know I, I you know it's, it's tough it's um, a lot of Excel spreadsheets you know keeping track of clients and the workload um, checklists I think I have like forty on my desk oh, um, wow. so it's just it's a lot of of juggling um, an organization that um, I would uh, put on as a requirement if I were writing a job um, description um, for this. Um, but, you know, it all it all works out because once you get, you know, kind of in the groove of things and, and you have an understanding for, you know, what the underwriters need, what the clients need, it kind of just flows. Um, and, and doing it for a couple of years now, it, it just, it kind of comes naturally. So, you know, day to day, I know what needs to be done. Um, 
you know, and then it comes with, you know, checking your inbox in the morning and, and all the new things that pop up. But, you know, you kind of you kind of get into the groove of things and uh, you just kind of make it work. And and so uh, I guess speaking of that groove, uh, if you will, uh, was it a harsh learning curve to get into that groove when you started your position at Allianz? I picked up um, that trait when I was at the academy. Um, we took a ridiculous amount of credits every trimester. And I was forced to, at 18 years old, when I started the academy, to get organized and have that sort of um, skill. Otherwise, you just, you wouldn't have finished school. Um, So I I kind of picked up on that very early on. And then also, you know, with my career in the Coast Guard, I also was forced to forced to stay organized and, and keep up with training and, and all and my workload there. So I think all my experience kind of translated well into the position. So I'm fortunate in the fact that it wasn't a tough learning curve doing doing it previously. Okay. So in other words, you had the learning curve earlier when you were 18. <laughs> so I got you ready. Understood. Um, so yeah, jumping into the uh, Coast Guard. Um, so did you always, uh, and, and for those that listening, uh, you had a career first in the Coast Guard. Um, did you always want to uh, be in the Coast Guard? I'll backtrack just, just a couple years before I joined the Coast Guard. When I was at the Merchant Marine Academy, a part of me kind of wanted to do it all, right? Because we were introduced to so many different things. You could sail commercially commercially as an engineer, um, you studied logistics, you could serve any branch of the military, everything the academy had to offer kind of intrigued me. And, you know, being 18 to, to 22 years old while you're there, you're so young and you have to make that decision on what you want to do upon graduation. And some of those things like joining the Coast Guard, you know, is permanent, right, for, for sure. at least a short amount of time. Um, so I ultimately joined the Coast Guard because while I sailed as a cadet, um, I was on a ship out in Hawaii. Um, I had the opportunity to be a part of the ship's annual inspection that the Coast Guard does. And I really enjoyed shadowing the Coast Guard during, during that inspection. So during the inspection, their goal was to ensure the safety of life at sea through inspecting the vessel for compliance with all sorts of regulations. Um, and then I ended up doing an internship with the Coast Guard at a vessel inspections unit out on Long Island. And we did all sorts of inspections. Um, from ferry boats to container ships, tugs, barges, fishing vessels. Um, And I enjoyed the internship so much that when I was done with it, I decided that that's what I wanted to do upon graduation. It just, it just kind of felt right. Um, So that's, that's kind of why I joined the Coast Guard. Interesting. So you were also just generally interested in, in, in risk. Yeah. Um, so I guess, uh, when was the jumping off point? Cause you, you served in, you, you graduated from the Academy, you served in the Coast Guard. Um, can you take me through, I guess, your decision to essentially jump ship and then join the insurance industry? What, what was that, uh, like? So after, um, serving in the Coast Guard for a few years, I actually had my first child and my husband was also in the Coast Guard. Um, both of us being in the Coast Guard meant that we were going to be, you know, every three years we were going to be moving and going somewhere new. But, you know, we wanted to start our family and we did. Um, so we decided to both leave active duty and settle down somewhere close to family. Um, I actually stayed a reservist. So I, I'm still in the Coast Guard. I work um, you know, uh, one weekend a month, two weeks out of the year. Um, and... I didn't know anything about the marine insurance industry. 
but I knew that I wanted to be a risk consultant only because I, I, you know, I, I went to a couple of uh, like career opportunity meetings and, and stuff that they, that the Coast Guard and the military has to offer when you're, when you're getting out. Um, and I learned about risk consulting and I thought, wow, I, you know, I could tie what I did in, in the Coast Guard in, in the private sector. And I connected with some alum, um, alumni that were risk consultants actually for marine insurance. And I thought, you know, wow, this is perfect because I could do something still very beneficial in the marine industry, stay close to what I love doing. Um, I enjoyed the regulatory side of things and I could use my knowledge base in the insurance world. And I, I, I will say it's the best decision that I could have made for my career and working at Allianz has been nothing short of fantastic. I really, I really don't consider what I do work. I, I just thoroughly enjoy, I enjoy it. I enjoy the team and, and everything about what I do is, is really interesting. I mean, it seems like, again, you know, uh, you're not, you never get bored too, because the risks and, and what you, uh, what you learn uh, seems to always be changing. So it seems like you're always hungry to learn more. So that's fantastic. So I did some background on you. You have previously said in the past that Hurricane Harvey uh, was one of the most monumentous uh, challenges you have ever faced as you acted as a liaison between the Coast Guard and Corpus Christi, Texas, when the hurricane made landfall. Can you tell me about that experience and how it changed your outlook on life? Yeah, so, you know, being from Chicago, I mean, you're from Chicago, so I think you could relate. I didn't really know much about hurricanes, right? They don't, they don't yeah. happen up there. But sure. I, I do remember Katrina, and I remember the devastation that caused. And, and you know, I, I saw it in the news as I was young. Um, but that was, like, the extent of my knowledge. Then I went to the academy, and Hurricane Sandy swept through, you know, the Northeast and had a catastrophic effect there. And I was part of a volunteer group, and we were able to go and, and do the cleanup in East Rockaway, which was just a crazy experience seeing all that devastation. You know, so fast forward being stationed to Corpus, um, I took on a couple of courses for hurricane preparedness that, you know, is offered to us. Um, and it just so happened that Harvey hit when I was there. And I, you know, they evacuated the town, but I was mobilized and I, I couldn't leave. So I, I wasn't evacuating. I was staying there and, and helping. Um, and during that time, I didn't really know what that meant because I didn't know how it felt to be in a hurricane, right? So, sure. you know, people, you know, people from Florida are going to say, oh, it's just a hurricane. You know, they, they go through it all the time, but me not ever experiencing that, you know, I was like kind of in a state of shock, you know, I was, um, I was eager to, to be there and it was, it was really a crazy experience. And if I remember correctly, we had about 24 to 48 hours to prepare because the storm formed very quickly. And I was a direct line of communication between multiple response parties um, so that nothing would slip through the cracks, right? Because in situations like this, communication is, is absolutely key. Um, and one of, the, one of the things that I, I will never forget, um, I, was at the, I was where I was uh, mobilized and I'm, I'm standing under an awning with the team that I was working with. And um, during one of the worst parts of the storm, close to a door, just in case, um, I don't, I don't uh, recommend that, but anyway, yeah. watching, you know, we're watching the winds and the rain and, and the palm trees are just bent in half and there's cars sliding across the road, there's flooding, there's, there's wind. Um, and I saw palm trees literally flying through the air, like doing 360s, 
where they came from and where they went, I have, I have no idea. I'm sure we found them the next day, but these were just, you know, things that were so surreal. I've never seen like it. Any, I've never seen anything like it before. And only to think that, you know, the Houston area got hit much harder than Corpus did in terms of, in terms of flooding. It was very hard for me to wrap my head around because this was something like out of a movie for me. And I don't know if it necessarily changed like my outlook on life, but I, I could honestly say that I'm happy I'm not a storm chaser. Um, <laughs> and also, as a, as a reservist in the Coast Guard, I have the opportunity to be mobilized and do it again. Um, so even though you know, I, I work full time for Allianz, if, if the Coast Guard ever asked me to gave me orders to go somewhere and, and do hurricane response, I, I could go for you know, 30, 60, 90 days, um, depending on, on what my orders would be. And I would absolutely do it again because it was so rewarding to know, you know, that so many people relied on us to ensure the safety of their community and then the salvage and the cleanup of, of the aftermath of the storms. It seems like, you know, you, you were in the middle of it um, and, you know, it's, it's something that uh, you could be called on again um, to kind of serve and um, make a difference. In. And, you know, like the, the aftermath was was probably more of an experience for me than actually being there during the hurricane because we worked with salvage operations, right? So we, you know, tugboats sank to to the bottom and, and we we watched the salvage operation of, of the tugboats being pulled out. There were barges washed up on the shore. You know, it's like they were just picked up out of the water and brought onto the land. So all this stuff we had to work on for months and months after the fact. So I guess how, how long were you there for? I was in Corpus for, for two, almost three years. Um, oh, wow. But that, you know, the cleanup lasted probably six to nine months, I would say. I don't, I don't remember, but it was, it was a lengthy period of time because it does take a lot of effort to, to you know, move those vessels and barges back into the water and, and make sure that they're seaworthy. Absolutely. Jumping back into a more marine risk. We at Leader's Edge have reported a lot on this topic from new shipping routes opening in the Arctic Ocean due to climate change, to supply chain disruptions, to shipping container boats that only keep on getting bigger and bigger. What are some of the most important risk trends that will impact marine coverage in the next decade? So covering a topic like this, I think we could have a conversation for like two hours at least. Um, but I will say, you know, in the last decade, there's been hundreds of totals of losses, hundreds of total losses. You know, year over year, we've seen a substantial decline. And part of that is the regulations are catching up to the issues that arose, let's say, in the 90s and early 2000s. You know, in the next decade, one of, uh, one of the largest challenges is going to be decarbonization in the shipping industry. You know, and we have, we're not seeing that just in the shipping industry, right? We're seeing that across all industries. Um, and a lot of effort has already been put in, into this in the shipping industry. Um, from a loss perspective, we haven't seen major claims yet, but with the alternative technologies and, and the alternative fuels, um, this is gonna set in on a much larger scale over time you know, new ships being built using these alternative technologies, old ships being modified, we're, we're going to see issues come up in, in the next decade and probably even longer than, than that. Um, 
you know, and, and like you said, we have larger vessels continually trending, especially uh, cargo vessels, and those risks grow, grow larger and, and it will continue. You know, there's a growing risk of fires and groundings, um, and groundings have a very high cost in terms of salvage. You know, we saw that with the Ever Given that blocked a very critical trade route for almost a week. Now we're talking losses associated with supply chain disruptions, perishable goods, um, hauling machinery, just to name a few. So these are all things that we're going to see again in, in the next decade. And like I said, this could even push longer than, than the decade. Um, and fire risks, they continue to be the main cause of loss across all different types of vessels, you know, and, and those, those arise from lithium-ion batteries, which there's a huge push for those in the market, um, and those pose a very extreme type of fire risk. Um, then we also have misdeclared cargoes, um, whether that be containers stored wrong or mispackaging of hazardous cargo. Um, but that misdeclared cargo also plays a big role in container losses, and, and that's largely due to improper weight balances. Um, so, you know, these growing ships, you know, we want to, we're, we're pushing more cargo um, a lot faster and, and these types of things happen. Um, and then finally, I want to touch on something that's near and dear to my heart because I, I work very closely with it here at Allianz, Project Cargo. It's a very specialized industry within shipping and it's becoming a lot more prevalent, um, especially with cargoes such as um, like wind turbines because and, and that goes back to the decarbonization, right? Mm -hmm. um, the industry needs more specialized, more specialized folks spearheading those types of operations because it is very specialized um, type of loading and stowing. And there's a lot of moving parts in project cargo. And then there's the urgency to get those um, infrastructural projects completed. So I think in the next decade, we're gonna see an uptick in, in those types of um, losses as, as well. But hopefully, you know, with using the right types of vessels, the right type of port infrastructure procedures, um, we'll be able to study those types of losses out in the future. And, and like I said, working at Allianz, I have the pleasure of being able to work on many of these projects. And I love it because um, it's fast paced. There's a lot of hard work that goes into it. But as the industry grows, it's only going to become more complicated and, and we need to as a whole, be more cognizant of that. You know, the insurance industry has had a tough time in the past recruiting younger talent. Why do you think this is, and what would you propose to help fix it? I was, I'm very happy to answer this question because I, there, there is a lack of young talent. Um, and it's very important for us to introduce this industry to the young talent because that young talent is the next generation, right? So we, you know, like I said, I did not know that this existed. This was not, you know, brought to my attention. I didn't know that this type of job was, you know, out there, this career. Um, I have been to a couple of industry events where I've ran into cadets from different maritime academies. And, you know, they picked my brain just like, like I did when I was in, in their shoes. And they're so intrigued with what I do and they're like you do what you, you do this and that's so cool you know you're you're able to stay in the maritime industry and and have these experiences and work with you know a multitude of different types of clients all within the industry that we are going to school for and um you know I've kept in contact with them because it's so important for for those relationships to last because once they're you know ready to to jump ship if you will 
you know, there, <laughs> uh, I would love to bring on that younger talent onto our teams and, and kind of guide them through these paths, whether they want to be underwriters or risk consultants or, or claims adjusters, you know, whatever it might be, because we are lacking in, in, in that younger generation. And I think an important um, role to play in this would be to start reaching out to these young professionals in their early career, whether it be, you know, going to career days at different schools or different maritime academies or, or introducing the field to them in, in a different way, uh, whether it be inviting them to different industry events. Um, I think that would be fantastic because, you know, these, these students, they want to get out of the academy and go do something for a day, you know? So I think there's plenty of opportunity and I'm, I'm really excited to kind of help spearhead that. And, and I hope I make a, make a difference in, in that aspect. Well, that, that is a fantastic answer. Um, and I mean, it sounds like from your experience, uh, you know, you wanted, you, you said earlier, you know, you, you went into the academy because you wanted to do everything. And it seems like you are doing everything also now in working in insurance. You know, it's a very well-rounded job and it's, it's awesome. And I, I love it. And, and Allianz, the culture here is fantastic. And, and my team is just phenomenal. I, I couldn't, I couldn't be more proud of, of the things we do. And it seems like there, you know, there's a lot of untapped talent within the academy and, and those who are in service. Um, so I guess this is definitely a, a great message uh, for those who are, who are trying to, you know, fill roles in the industry and looking for untapped talent. It seems like there's a lot uh, to be had here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you, Mara. Awesome. Thank you, Zach. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to this episode of Falling Into It. You can find more episodes and podcasts by Leaders Edge on our SoundCloud, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Till next time, have a good one. Thank you.